rejoice and be glad in it. Hallelujah. When you got up this morning, it was still 110 degrees, but you praise God anyways because we're alive. We're in a country where we're still free. We were able to come to church this morning and praise God. Somebody say amen. It's time to get excited. It's time to start telling everybody Jesus Christ is still Lord. And it don't matter what the government says. It don't matter what the world says. It doesn't matter what's happening in the news. God is still on His throne. Amen? Hallelujah. We're here to worship Him this morning. We're here to give Him praise. We're here to give Him honor. And we're here to lift Him up and exalt Him this morning. If you're visiting with us this morning, we want to welcome you. I ask you to take the time to sit up and visit the card you'll find in front of you. Place in the offering place that comes around uh, so we can have a record of visit. We would greatly appreciate that. If you're joining us online this morning, we want to welcome you as well. Ask you to consider being right here in the sanctuary with us. Experience what God is doing in Robinson Avenue Baptist Church. Well, in the meantime, we have a lot of things happening this week, so I want to ask you to consider being a part of that. Uh, today, after services at 4.30, we're going to be having a uh, Christmas Tabata practice. It's starting already to come and be a part of that. It's going to be this evening, 4.30 over in the next building in the choir room. Tonight, we'll have 6 o'clock worship services here in the sanctuary. You don't want to miss that sermon. Come and be a part of that. I want to ask you to consider being part of our new upcoming Bible study coming out in September called The Way of the Master. You can see it on the slide right there in front of you. Uh, you can sign up for that, rabcco.org. Click on the announcements section, and you'll find The Way of Master right there. Click be a part of that. Books are $4.50. Come and be a part of that. We already have about 10 or 11 signed up. We're looking to have about 25 or 30 in there. So come and be a part of that. A wonderful, wonderful class on how to share your faith on how to approach people and use a biblical method for leading them to Jesus Christ. Come and be a part of that. Consider being a part of that. If you're one of those that says, Pastor, I just don't know how to share my faith. I want to share my faith, but I don't have uh, a lot of courage to do so. This class is for you. So come and be a part of that. $4.50. You'll share it. uh, Learn to share your faith biblically, confidently, and learning how to watch God's Spirit work inside the person you witness to. Just a lot, a lot of information. It's a neat, neat, neat class. I want to encourage you to be a part of that. Uh, so sign up for that. Coming up on September 11th is the first day of it. And we have a few more weeks, uh, and we have a few more open spots. So consider being a part of that. If you missed out on last uh, yesterday's Operation Christmas Child Crafting Day, don't worry, there'll be a few more coming up. You can get involved in that. And I know that there are several things that we can't do in church that need to be done at home. I miss volunteers, so you can get with Sister DJ and ask her about being involved in that and how you can be a part of the crafting. We would appreciate that. I know she would, but you can also get uh, in touch with her about our next upcoming uh, crafting day, and I'm sure she'll be uh, able to tell you more about that. Um, with that being said, uh, we are getting ready for our Tuesday. Uh, the ladies have restarted their Bible study for a couple of weeks now, so we have ladies' Bible study on Tuesday. 9.30 and it's 6.30, so 9.30 in the morning, 6.30 in the evening. Uh, Wednesday night, we'll have a Bible study prayer service right here in the sanctuary at 6.30. And then Thursday, the men have a Bible study at 6.30 in the evening. So feel free to get involved in any and all of those. I want to invite you to another ministry that Robert Sandy does, and it's getting bigger all the time. And that's our nursing home ministry at 10 a.m. on Friday. Uh, so that's a wonderful, wonderful ministry. It's growing and growing and growing. Uh, so if you feel like you're looking for something to be a part of, come and be a part of that. We now have a pianist there. Uh, we had a great, great, great time singing and praising the Lord and watching what God does through that ministry. We've had salvations there. 
we had additions to the church body here, and, it, and we have the ability to bring them. A lot of them come on Sunday morning and sit with us as well. So it's a fruitful and powerful ministry, and you are invited to get plugged in on that. That's Fridays at 10 a.m. at Toe's Rescue Home and Rehab Center. So if you get there first, just tell them, hey, I'm waiting on Brother Josh, and they'll know exactly who you're waiting for. So come and be a part of that. All right. I think that's about it for our announcements. I look like the doctor. Anybody? Oh, thank you. Thank you, Naive. Would you like to talk about that? Just one. <laughs> you missed that, uh, Dupree's having their pool party uh, coming up next Saturday, and so we need details, RSVPs, if you will, by Wednesday evening, so you can check that area tonight, and they'll be able to get you in on that pool party. I understand they're having hamburgers and hot dogs, and so it's going to be a wonderful, wonderful time to work with them when have some pool there. So, all right, uh, with that being said, the youth had a movie night last night, it was a lot of fun, had a picture of two that's coming out, so be on the lookout. For that as well, while you keep continuing moving and grooving and growing in the Lord. All right. So, is there any other announcements I may have forgotten? Not to spoke to the Lord in prayer, and after we pray, we please rise and welcome one another. Father God, we come down in Jesus' name, and oh, how we thank you for this day. Thank you for the opportunity to be in your house here this morning. And I pray, Lord God, that each and every one of us will worship you this morning and keep the Spirit. And your Spirit, Lord, would move and fall like rain inside the sanctuary, Lord, so we might begin to sing your praises, Lord. That we might begin, Lord, to lift up and exalt your holy name, Lord. That you might be glorified, you might be magnified, Lord. And we pray, Lord, right now, as your church, Lord, that you would bring forth, Lord, those that don't know you. Today be the day they give their hearts to you. They, Father God, that don't have a church home, but today be the day, Lord, to be a part of your body here at Rockland Avenue. And Lord God, we do pray that you send the rain upon our land, upon our city, Lord, upon our towns, upon our country, Lord God. Renew us, revive us, refresh us. And I do pray to you all in the glorious and holy name of Jesus. So it's in his name we pray. Please rise and welcome one another.
you would, please find your way back to your seats. If you would, please find your way back to your seats. We have an Operation Christmas Child video I'd love for you to see. Thank you very much. I'm Rusty Gunther, Senior Pastor of First Baptist Church of Bowling Rock in North Carolina. We have been doing Operation Christmas Child for almost 20 years here at our church, but really it's been the last 12 to 15 years that it's become a priority for the entire church body. We see it as a way to fulfill the great commitment of the calling of the church. It is a mission project for our entire church body to participate in. We do a lot of mission activities here at the church. We support denominational missions. We support local missions. We have even missionaries that we support directly financially. But nothing that we do allows the entire church to be a part of missions the way Operation Christmas Child has. And so it's become more than just a program that we tag on to everything else that we're doing here, but it's become something that is driven by our mission focus, but also by our, our heart for outreach to the world and the community around us. We really believe that Samaritan's Purse is not just a biblically-based organization, but that they have a heart for sharing the gospel around the world. And that's something that we can be a part of. And we recognize the power of the shoebox to reach children in places that many other organizations, many other groups can never reach. They are taking the gospel and the 1040 window into places that the gospel has not been allowed into unchurched people groups. And people in the pew in my church can play a direct role in that. And I'm excited to think that what starts in our church by collecting items for a shoebox can become a ministry activity around the world, discipling children, discipling churches, starting churches, and reaching unreached people. We love here at First Baptist Church the opportunity to gather together and collect items throughout the year and then have a special opportunity where we bring all of the items together all across generations and collect those items and pack those shoeboxes. It sets an incredible example for our children to watch our senior adults, to watch our teenagers, uh, to be a part of something bigger than themselves. What inspired our church is the idea that one box has such an incredible power and impact to make a difference around the world. But it doesn't matter how many shoeboxes that your church does. It doesn't matter how many other programs that your church does. When you can begin to recognize that the power of one box can change one life that may never hear the gospel of Jesus Christ. We recognize, and I encourage you, if you're a pastor, you are an organizational leader, to make Operation Christmas Child a part of your church life. We do have a time where we collect all of our shoeboxes, whether it's uh, the shoeboxes that we packed at our packing party or the individual shoeboxes. And we bring those shoeboxes together and we pray over them before collection week. And this has become a sacred time. It's a commissioning service for us to be able to pray for those individual children. This is an event that can change the life of your church if you will get involved. But it has to come from the pulpit. Uh, we have organizers here that take care of all of the organization, but if it's not coming from the pulpit, the pastor setting a vision and a passion that how their church can be involved, it doesn't work. So 
So I would encourage you to get involved and make it a passion of your own life.
Amen. Thank you, Brother Mario. What a blessing. Amen. <laughs> what a blessing. Those children leave, it still makes a difference. Because they've become ungodly or sin in their lives. Because there's a change. And I believe the change is visible. Some people would say, prove it to me in the scriptures. Well, I think it's a subtle change. I think that in the future you'll see the love of me, or cold. I think everyone would agree with me with that. I think that we will see a movement where people will say, what is Good is evil, and what is evil is good. And I think that will infect the church as well. So, 30 years, I've seen a lot of change. Christian life, especially in the Baptist church, I've seen things I've never dreamed that I've seen before. Never, ever, ever dreamed of change. Never dreamed that the church, modern day church, not talking about the remotely entertain the notion that we can be your homosexual kids. But we are. But we are. I never dreamed for one iota of a minute that selection of pastor would not be on what God wants, but on the entertainment value. I never dreamed that would happen. It does. Never, ever dreamed. So, if you have your Bibles with you, turn to me, please, to the prophet Isaiah. I have spent some time in my Sunday school class in the prophets, and of course, it was taking a very, very quick look at the introductory book, Prophecy in the Bible. Um, we began last week by looking into the prophet Isaiah, and as I spent time reading him, I forget how inspiring he is. Prophet Isaiah, one of my favorites, has the title of this morning's message is Tear It Off. I remember as a kid hearing that. Go ahead, tear it up, son. You ever hear your dad say that? Your friends say that to you and you tell them, I'm going to win this game or I'm going to make that play or whatever it is. Tear it up, boy! I kind of wanted to put that feeling before the sermon, but I don't think I can do that. 
different kind of showed up to us. In fact, it's kind of heartbreaking. So would you look at your please in the prophet Isaiah 64? I'm going to read verses 1 through 4. Prophet Isaiah. Yisim Yahud is his name in Hebrew. And uh, he is, without a doubt, one of my favorites. He has 66 chapters in his book. And a lot of times he is mistaken. A lot of times he is misquoted. A lot of times he is misunderstood. But when you look at him, prophet to predict the suffering servant who would stay on the right path of Isaiah. Look at me, chapter 64, verse 1 to 4, as Isaiah prays. Oh, that you would rend the heavens. Oh, that you would tear the heavens. Oh, that you would rip the heavens. That you would come down. That the mountains might shake their place. Fire burns brush wood, as fire causes water to boil, to make your name known to your adversaries, that the nations may tremble at your presence. When you did awesome things to which we did not look, we came down. The mountains shook at your presence. But since the beginning of the world, men have not heard nor perceived by the ears, nor has the eye seen any God besides you, who acts for the one who was. Father God, I come to you now in Jesus' name. Lord God, as we look into the message, turn it up. As you speak, open our hearts to hear from you. There be anyone who needs to come to know you as a personal Lord and Savior, anyone Lord God needs to come out with you, and let today be that. We bless you, we praise you, we love you, and give you all the glory in Jesus' name. Well, who is the prophet Isaiah? Well, Isaiah, one of the greatest of the prophets, appeared at a very critical moment in Israel's Under the Hamalite blows of Assyria in the year 722, perhaps 721, and in around 701, Jerusalem itself saw the army of Sennacherib draw up before Canaan. In the year that Uzziah, king of Judah, died, that would be about 722, Isaiah received his call to a prophetic office in the temple of Jerusalem. A vision of the Lord is thrown in glory, stamped in indelible But Isaiah does spend a lot of time describing the majesty and holiness and glory of the Lord. He describes how God has taken the possession of the Spirit, and at the same time, he gained a new awareness of human presence. The enormous abyss between God's sovereign holiness and human holiness and human sinfulness overwhelmed the prophet, and only the purifying holiness of the seraphim could cleanse his lips and prepare them for the acceptance of the call. And Isaiah simply says, here I am. Send me your vision. Send me. Here I am. Send me. Now the ministry of Isaiah extended from the death of Uzziah in 742 BC to the Sacred Seed of Jerusalem in 701. It continued even longer after the death of Hezekiah. He preached and he prophesied to the blind Later, it's probable that Hezekiah's son, Author of Hebrews, quote, Isaiah is the son of Amos, and he prophesied 
tribes of the children of Canaan that are known as Israel. Isaiah's name literally means salvation from the Lord, Lord God says. And he is most known for his famous suffering servant chapter. It's quoted all the time, and to this day, my Jewish friends have removed Isaiah 53 from their biblical reading. In fact, if you were to go and quote them Isaiah 53, they would say, that's got to be from the New Testament. And you would say, no, it's from your own Torah and Hashem, your own Navi and your own prophet. They say, I've never read Isaiah prophesied concerning the birth of Messiah. We quote it all the time. Remember how we talk about, for unto us a son is given. Unto us a son is born. And we wonderful, mighty God, everlasting Father. Watch quote in chapter 7, the verse of Interesting prophecies, and he has particular poetic questions. With that in mind, let's get back to our text in Isaiah 54, verses 1 through 4. Oh, who would care? God, would you whip up the heavens? Would you rend them? Fire plus wood, fire burns plus wood. Fire causes water to boil. Make your name known to the adversary. And they should continue to say, When you did awesome things for which you did not work, you came down. And now you took the breath. Since the beginning of the world, they have not heard that the seed, by the ear, and the eyes seen, any God shall be erect. Isaiah talks about a God the world knows. Let me be honest with you, there is no other God that has ever answered publicly, has ever answered visibly but the God of Israel, isn't There has not been one who's delivered, not been one who's provided, not been one who's protected, not been one who's answered, but the God of Israel. When I say the God of Israel, I mean Jehovah. I mean Yahweh. I mean Elohim. I mean the Father of the only begotten Son, Jesus Christ. That's Isaiah's prayer. He says, God, would you please make the God he's praying to? Would you please reach up and channel heaven? In fact, it's not God speaking to Isaiah, but Isaiah speaking to God. I want to see you do something like that again. And let me tell you something. That may be your prayer this morning. Perhaps you're online this morning, and that's been your prayer. I need to see something. I need to hear something. I need to know something. God, would you tear up the heavens so that I might know you've heard me? 
probably know, Isaiah is referring to God's descent on Mount Sinai. God came down in fire, trumpet, thunder, and his powerful voice. Isaiah simply praying, God, do that again. When you came down, the world trembled. Israel trembled. We accepted your law. We accepted your way. We pledged to follow you. God, would you do that again? Any one of those have been planning from the past? All throughout the years, there have been some different spirits. Something like that again. In fact, you could say 
Isaiah's prayer is, God, please do something. You sound like you need to say. Perhaps you've been praying that for a couple of years. God, do something. God, my husband's a drunk. God, my husband doesn't go to work. God, my husband's a drug user. God, my husband's an adulterer. Perhaps you are a husband saying, my wife hates me and there's nothing I can do right. And everything out of her mouth is wrong, 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 wrong. And you've been praying, God, do something. God, tear the heavens up. I can't take any more. And you know what? Perhaps you're out there watching online this morning or listening in, and you too have been praying, God, do something. In fact, your prayer is a little bit different, though, because your prayer is like this. God, show me a sign. God, show me a sign that you want me to go to church. God, show me a sign that you want me to believe. God, show me a sign. Isaiah's prayer. Oh, that thou would rend the heavens. Oh, that you would tear the heavens up so the whole world will know you've heard our prayer. The whole world will know that you've seen us and you understand. Literally, You want the world to see God in action? Well, stand your Baptist church. You want to see God in action? Baptist Association. You want to see God in action? Baptist of Texas. Do you want to see God moving again? Do you want to see God working again? Then let me tell you something. This is coming out when I say God is just something to me. Isaiah tells us, these two we got to get back to the mountain. we got to get back to the mountain. So at the mountain, that's where we honored God. At the mountain is where we respected God. At the mountain is where we had a holy fear of God. we got to get back to where those things were real to us. And let me tell you something right now. You want to see God do something in the United States of America? You want to see God tear the heavens up? Then we need to get back to the mountain. Are you following me this morning? We need to get back to where God was real, to where God was holy, to where God was supreme, and what He said is what goes. Somebody say amen this morning. We need to get back to that. In fact, we need to start praying, God, tear up the heavens and start with my heart. We need to get back to the beginning. In fact, we were going to look at it in three different ways this morning, how to get back to the mountain. We need to start with a couple of things. And you know what? It's not just in Robertson Avenue. It's in every church in the United States of America. And not just every church in the United States of America. Every church in the world today. Because we sit back. We've been quiet. When Islam spread across our nation, when homosexuality spread across our nation, we go back to the 60s when the drug epidemic spread across our nation. We were quiet and we let it happen. But we should have stood up and said, Oh, God, tear up the heaven." How do we get back to that? How do we get back to that? Do you want to get back to where God is working, God is moving, where the world knows God is listening? Do you want the world to see God? Can I tell you something? Don't get angry at me. Don't get upset. Don't say, oh my goodness, this is God preaching to me. Who's he to preach to me? I am nobody to preach to you. The Bible tells us, as we read through Isaiah's prayer, that if we want to see that mighty work of God, whether it be tearing up the heavens or whether it be bringing a revival back to our land. You remember, late last year, early this year, we had that revival in Kentucky. Pastors were getting on airplanes and flying out there to see if it was really a revival. 
But all we really need to do was get on our knees and say, God, let's get into revival. Turns out it was something, but it wasn't quite what they said it was. So no real revival brings about the loss of something to do. It's not a continuous church service that never stops. Though it sounds good, I don't know about you, but I do like to eat lunch on occasion. You know what I'm saying? Some of you are like looking at the clock around 12 o'clock, like, that's good. I want to have revival. <laughs> it's already quarter till, brother. Here's my point. Revival is not a continuing church service. Revival is when lost people come to Jesus. It's when people who stepped away from God come back home in repentance. That's what revival is, a return to God. And Isaiah prays, God, tear up the heavens. Bring us back to the mountain where you were real, where holiness was real, where God's Word was supreme, and God's Word was throughout the land. Bring us back to the mountain, God. Tear up the heavens. I don't know about you, but uh, we haven't had in about Sinai, but we have had something. Oh, we've had something. We've had lots of things in the United States of America. In fact, if we would look at our church history, we've had message after message after message after message after message from God that we didn't listen to, didn't listen to, didn't listen to, and didn't listen to. We've had opportunity. We've had a way forward. We've had everything but judgment. We've had everything but that. And I believe, too, and honestly, that a judgment is coming. And when judgment comes, there's going to be a separation. Let me tell you right now, when the church starts having it bad, Satan's just going to be like, I ain't going to be there. I'm not going to be a part of that. What do you mean? There's more to church than just fellowship. Church is not a social organization, though people think it is. Church is a personal, loving relationship with the God of this universe, Jesus Christ. When you worship Him in truth and spirit, then your social relations start falling in place. But it's all about Him. It's because of Him, and it's because of Him that we're here. How do we do that then? How do we have that Isaiah kind of experience? God, tear up the heavens. Well, number one, are you ready? We need to get back to the Bible. Somebody say amen this morning. We've got to get back to Bible, back to Bible teaching. We've got to get back to the Bible way. I don't know about you, but Bible is what kept us from falling into communism, socialism, falling, kept us from falling the Nazis. It kept us from being an evil country. And if we don't get back to the Bible, then we're going to end up losing our identity. And church, our identity comes from the book, the Bible. It tells us who we are, what we are, what we're supposed to be doing, where we're supposed to be doing it. Why we're supposed to be doing it and what we're supposed to do right now. Get back to the Bible. You want to see God have a movement in our church, in our lives, in our families? You want to see God tear up the heavens literally? Get back to the Bible. In fact, the Bible's an interesting thing B-I-B-L-E. Basic instructions before leaving earth. Somebody say amen. Get back to the Bible. You want to see God tear up things in your house? Get the Bible back in your house. If the Bible says witchcraft is a sin, don't let it in your house. If the Bible says adultery, fornication is a sin, why would you even touch it? Get back to the Bible and watch how God tears up your head. Get back to the Bible. Want to see God make a movement in your life? Back to the Bible. 
there else we need to get back to? Not just the Bible, because a lot of us will preach the Bible all the time. Nothing wrong with that. We preach about fact. That's what we're supposed to be doing. But sometimes we preach the Bible and we don't emphasize the cross. In fact, we're supposed to preach Jesus Christ and Him crucified. We need to get back to the cross. And what do I mean by that? That doesn't mean letting go of the Bible. It doesn't mean making the Bible second. What it means, though, is that we've got to get back to where Jesus on the cross is the only answer for the law. We need to get back to preaching that the answer to our epidemic, the answer to our pandemic, the answer to our spiritual immorality in the United States of America is the cross of Calvary, the cross of Christ. We need to get back to preaching the cross, and it will overcome the world. Want to see God tear us again? Start preaching the cross again. Start preaching the cross. God so loved the world that He gave His only begotten Son, so that you will just believe God gave us His Son. I don't know about you, but that is tearing up the heaven. Back to the cross. We get back to the Bible, we'll find ourselves back to the cross. When we get back to the cross, we'll find ourselves preaching again. We'll find ourselves teaching again. We'll find ourselves witnessing again. We'll find ourselves testifying again. Why? Because the cross cross gives us a lot of problems, a lot of comfort. In fact, the cross gives us issues. When we come to the cross, we find out that inside the cross, there is a conflict we have to have. The cross teaches us that when we follow God, that it's not about us. We need to die to ourselves that He might live through the cross. The cross teaches us that it is better to die in this world than it is to go to hell. In fact, it's better to live with Jesus Christ who gave His life. That's what the cross teaches us. The cross teaches us that we love no matter what. The cross teaches us that the cross beats the world. In fact, the Bible tells us faith is the victory that overcomes the world. Back to the cross. Get back to the Bible. Get back to the cross. Last, if we're going to go and see God have a movement in our lives, we need to get back to the Savior. It's one thing to preach the cross. It's one thing to preach the Bible. But you know where? Somewhere down the line, we've forgotten that Jesus Christ is the one and only Savior. It's not about prophets. It's not about angels. Listen to me now. It's not about some sort of religious, mystical, mystical movement. It's about the Savior, Jesus Christ, the one and only Son of God, and we got to get back to preaching that He is the only begotten Son, and therefore He's the only way, the only truth, the only life. And when we get back to preaching and living and proclaiming it, we will see God move again in our churches and in our country. Back to the Savior. Back to the Bible. Back to the cross. When you see God move, Pastor sitting there this morning in your house, and you're listening on the couch. And you're sitting there saying, Pastor's reading my mail. You want to see God tear to heaven? Get back to the Bible. Quit looking for a religious experience. That's what you want. You want a burning bush. You want a Mount Sinai. You want to see some sort of sign in the heavens. Get back to the Bible and you will see God tear the heavens up. Oh, Pastor, I need something more. Well, God gave His only begotten Son because we were 
were sinful, because we could not pay the debt that we owe, because we were heinous in His sight. God paid the debt. That's good, Pastor. I believe in Christianity. God and no God. All about God or it's not about God. See, God doesn't take mixing. God doesn't take You can't have a little bit of God and a little bit of the world. The Bible tells us if we make ourselves friends of the world, we can make ourselves enemies of God. We've got to get back to the stage of back to teaching, preaching, believing, living that Jesus is the only way, the only truth, and the only life. Now, I want to share something with you. It's cool with you. As you know, I love to share things about Rock County Baptist Church online. As a result of that, I'm often in Facebook jail. <laughs> but I need that t-shirt that says, I have served 17 years, right? <laughs> but I'm there quite often, once or twice a year, I'm so, I put out something the other day. It's quite controversial. I have a lot of fun with it. It simply stated, marrying before sex is not a sin. That's right. Hear it again. Marriage before sex is not a sin. <laughs> you can see the argument that happened over that. How dare you judge me, you self-righteous Baptist preacher? Back to the Bible! Had one guy get on and he said, Do you think anybody who is doing what you say is a sin is going to hell? And what I wrote to him was, For the wages of sin is death. And in the end, he wrote back and said, Well, amen. I guess I can't argue with that. And I was like, Hello. We need to get back to the Bible. Back to the Bible. B I B L E. Basic instructions before leaving earth. Get yourself back to what God says and what God is telling us to do. Get yourself back into His Word and you will see literally the heavens rip open. Let me tell you something. When you start following the Bible, the world is going to try to get you. The world is going to try to beat you. The world is going to try to discourage you. But if you'll get back to the Bible, you'll find out that God is our advocate and He who is with us will never leave us nor forsake us. In fact, the Apostle Paul tells us if God be for us, who can be against us? Back to the Bible, where we are more than conquerors through Christ who loves us. Back to the Bible, where we can do all things through Christ who strengthens us. Back to the Bible, where righteousness is more powerful than evil. Where God's love is more prominent than the world's love. Back to the Bible, where our children are raised godly, honoring mom and dad, instead of beating and robbing mom and dad. Back to the Bible. And over there, we need to get back to the cross. The cross. For God so is the world. Back to the cross. For God took a broken world that I could fix it with two pieces of wood and three nails. For God said I could pack. Have you ever seen that before, Dad? I don't know about you, but as far as my house goes, if I can't fix it with duct tape, it can't be fixed. God can fix it with a cross on your hands. He can fix it with a cross. He can fix it with a cross. It is enough. It's what we're supposed to be preaching. It's what we're supposed to be teaching. It's what we're supposed to be living. 
Christ and Him crucified. That's the Savior. I'm Savior. Mr. Savior. I want to talk to you about the Savior for a minute. You may not know Him. Somebody introduce you to Him. My Savior walks on water. Are you hearing me? My Savior can speak to the sea. My Savior can speak to the storm. My Savior can look up into heaven and talk directly to His Father. My Savior can cast out demons. My Savior can heal the sick. My Savior can give sight back to the blood. My Savior is the King of the Jews. My Savior is righteous. My Savior is whole. My Savior is full. And my Savior is alive. We need to get back to the Savior. Back to the Savior. Do you want to see God tearing up the heavens? Is that your prayer like Isaiah? God, make a move so the world knows that you are listening to us. Church, God has given us the power. He's given us the victory. Now all we got to do is get back to the Bible, back to preaching the cross, back to living Christianity, and the world will see God tear up the heavens because God so loved the world. And he gave his only begotten son. We need to get back to God. Don't be crying out, God, win the heavens. Our prayers to be, oh God, tear up our hearts. You see, it's not God who changed. We have. We've changed. We've become accepting. We've become modern. We've become understanding. And because of that, we've become lethargic. Lethargic. We have the number one enemy in the soul of justice. Here's the most number one enemy in What is complacency? Oh well, someone else will take care of it. <laughs> oh well, someone else will witness to him. Oh well, someone else will share the gospel with him. You want to know why? It's more apt for us to have a president now who's not a Christian. Because the church hasn't been Christian since he gets to that Let me tell you something if that, that bothers you, then we should be preaching to the politicians too. I think they really need God. <laughs> it's been told to me, and I agree. The moment you become a politician, you have your honesty all in your heart. Oh, God, tear up the heavens. Make a move, God, so the world knows. Could you imagine Isaiah? As he preached, the good king and the evil king. They threatened him, they punished him, and in the end, they take the saw. Let them know. Let them know God is real. How? You've got the ability to do something the world cannot do. Most of us want to say, oh, it's laying hands on a sick. No, 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 no. That's cool and things like that. That's not what I'm talking about, though. You've got the ability because God gave it to you. You've got the ability to love, listen to me now, to love the unlovable. You've got the ability to be where no one else can be. You've got the ability to endure what no one else can endure. Why? Because Jesus has given you the strength. And incidentally, if you'll put Jesus back in your heart, back in your life, then you can do all things through Him. Love and the world can be changed. Not God has changed stuff. Isaiah knew what he was talking about. In fact, if you'll go a little bit back in Isaiah 13, he prophesied. Look at me in Isaiah 46, verse 9. Isaiah prophesied 
He says, remember the former things of old. This is God speaking, not Isaiah. Now this is God speaking to Isaiah. He says, remember the former things of old. And that's what we're talking about this morning. Come back to the Bible. Come back to the cross. Come back to the Savior. Come back to the God of your Father. Come back to where you can sing that song. Give me that old-time religion. Here is the prophet Isaiah speaking, God speaking through him. He says, remember the former things of old, for I am God. There is no other. I am God, and there is none like me. Not a one can reach out and touch me. Not a one can stand beside him. Not a one can measure up to him. Why? Because he is God. There is none other. People argue with me all the time. There's other gods beside our God. No, there's not. There's only one God. There's demons, but there's only one God. Only one God. The God of Israel. The God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. The God who for so loved the world he gave his only begotten in Psalm 90, verses 1 and 2. Moses, the one who witnessed God coming down on the mountain. Moses sings over. Look at me in verses 1 and 2 of Psalm 90. Moses says, Lord, you've been our dwelling place in all generations. Before the mountains were brought forth, forever you had formed the earth and the world, even from everlasting to everlasting. You are God. We like to think of it as, well, we had the Apostle Paul running around preaching to us. What a great time it would be to see those miracles happening. Yeah, man, we see these things. Can I tell you something? We forget. The one they left out of church, they had a chance to get their heads off. Just like that. Just even the church. They had a chance to be attacked, a chance to be persecuted, a chance to be discriminated against simply because they were Christians. Simply because they were Christian and Paul and whoever. I'm a believer in Paul that wrote the book of Hebrews. Whoever wrote the book of Hebrews, he writes and says, Jesus Christ, chapter 13, verse 8, is the same yesterday, today, and forever. The same Jesus that took the ancient church into victory is the same Jesus that will take the modern church into victory. As Jesus said to Peter, upon the cross, I will not be. Seminary professor loaded his students on a bus to the sixth grade on a field trip. They arrived at a famous landmark. They got out and went inside the residence of this landmark. The residence was that of John Wesley. John Wesley was the founder of the Methodist Church. He was a powerful preacher, powerful evangelist. John Wesley used to write to his students and say things like, When you preach, Preach 90% law and 10% grace. John Wesley, the founder of the Methodist Church, in fact, they're living up to his teachings today. He wrote to them and he said, You can't get them to the cross without giving them 
the law. John Wesley did. They looked around and some of their students, his residents. They looked about what was happening. They noticed that John was afraid that he was dead. The hardwood floor was leaving. They all sat down and took their hands and their knees and thought to themselves, how many hours must John Wesley return to make the entrance in the board of the room? Time soon, they went to escape him. Soon they professor loaded the students back up on the bus. As he took count of his students, he noticed one was missing. He turned around and he went back into the residence of John Wesley. He went into the kitchen. Surely that's where most of the can be. He went into the living room where John Wesley's son was. He wasn't there looking on the shelves of the He went upstairs to the bedroom where John was. And there was that student with his knees down in the entrance of John Wesley. He was praying, God, do it again. Do it again this time with me. God, do it again. He was a student. He did it again. He moved it back across. Back to the Bible. Back to the story. Your prayer being, God, tear it up. Let me do something with it. You've got all the answers you need in the cross. You've got all the answers you need in for God. So love the world. And incidentally, one of the things that heavens are going to zip up. My Bible says that the Lord Himself will descend from heaven with a shout for the archangels and the cup of God and the dead and find some lying stuff. I don't know about you, but I'm excited to see that. That's what they have to do to make sure I'm right with God. I'll give you an opportunity to do that today. Chapter 6, Brother John, I need to become a Christian. Perhaps they pass I am a Christian. I need to come back to the Bible, back to the cross, back to the Savior, and let's say you today. Perhaps the same pastor. I need to be a part of it. Whatever the case may be. Perhaps you need to follow through in baptism, whatever it may be. Would you let this morning be the morning you come? Let's pray together. Father, I come to you now in Jesus' name. Oh, how we thank you for your word. We ask you to take charge even now. If there be anyone that needs to come to know your personal Lord and Savior, if there be anyone, Lord God, that needs to get their heart right with you, anyone, Father God, that needs to get their relationship with
Every week, 